I'm Sam Mays, and this is the Sam Mays Podcast, uh, Orange Edition. We've got former Oklahoma State great Mr. Josh Fields in the house today. Josh, how are you, sir? I'm great, Sam. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem at all. You are uh, my quarterback, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty pumped to have you sitting here because we're talking about an Oklahoma State Cowboy team that is sitting at number five in the college football playoff ranking. And uh, as we were kind of chatting before the show today, I told you, man, I had them winning six, seven, maybe eight games. Uh, this year, I think that I was pretty much on par with every other national talking head uh, in the country. No one saw this coming, uh, and here we are, number five, with a real opportunity this weekend to beat the Baylor Bears for a Big 12 championship and a semifinal berth. Yeah, I think that that seven and eight prediction, or the, the seven wins or eight wins, was probably before the season. After those first couple games, it might have even gone down. No a question. Bit. <laughs> so, it's awesome, man. Uh, it just go like we were talking about. It goes to show what the defense means um, in this game nowadays. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Jim Knowles is uh, probably going to win the Assistant of the Year award this year, and he should um, based off of what he's been able to accomplish. But I think that I want to start here with this. I think it's very publicly known that I'm, I have never really been a Mike Gundy fan. And I think that I, – I think that – over the last several years watching him perform, I've got to give it up to him as he is no longer the man that I knew him to be in 2004, right? Uh, just like I'm no longer the man that I was six years ago. Uh, I think that uh, Gundy has found a way to win the hearts and minds of this football team, and that's really the only way that you can explain the effort that they play with, the attitude that they play with, the tenacity, uh, just the overall physicality. Like, this is a good football team. And that's really kind of all they are, right? Nothing about it is fancy or sexy or uh, super complicated. They just get out there as a, as a group, you know, the 40 kids that are playing on any given Saturday and just play hard and play tough, and they play for their coach. Absolutely. They've got, they've got great players um, but I think at the end of the day, I mean, some of these guys are going to continue to blossom and probably turn into something a little bit more than they are. But right now, you hit it on the head as far as they are a good college football team that's playing together as a team, playing for one another, and you get to see what, what kind of difference that makes these last couple weeks as they're taking down teams that, um, that we've all expected them to kind of take down over the past couple years. You know, there was a uh, an expectation when you and I were on the field for really what was close to perfection as far as offensive line play was concerned. If we weren't grading out in the 90s, uh, we were frustrated with ourselves. Our coaches were frustrated with us. We ran a very simple offense also, and it was predicated on great running backs doing great things and you throwing the ball down the field when we needed to, right? And, and you guys did an excellent job uh, doing those things. I have been pretty amazed at the impact the Oklahoma State defense has had on quarterbacks on offensive lines and as a as an O-lineman I'm looking at the TV going what are y'all doing like it's not even complicated what he's out there doing but maybe I'm missing it so I'm curious from a quarterback's perspective what about Jim Knowles' Oklahoma State defense do you recognize is the biggest issue and why teams struggle so much with really just kind of catching up throughout the course of, of four quarters it just seems like he always has them off their game 
I, I just, <clears throat> to me, the biggest difference in our defense this year as opposed to years past is they are, they're so disciplined. They're so, and they're so fundamental. Like, you do not see a guy out of position. You right. don't see the, you know, in the years past, there'd be the huge bust and a big play, you know, the big play bust that our defense would give up. New no York. one's in the camera angle exactly. and the guy's just by himself. Right. Not even close, but I mean, every ball's contested. There, there's a player for a player at every single position um, on every single play. They do give up some plays, but, I mean, that is just you play against good teams, you're going to give them up. But from watching the, you know, this whole season, you just look at it and you're like, they are in it on every single play. They're locked in. They're all they, – I mean, the main thing is I would just say they're just so disciplined. Right. They, they are – and that sucks when you're, when you're an offensive person, you're offensive-minded to know there's – the ball's going to be contested every single play. They're going to come put pressure on you almost every single play. That's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable before you even call the play to right. go up to the line to know these guys are going to be in the right position and they're going to be putting pressure on me. That's not a, that's not good to have that in the back of your mind as an offense. So coming into this game, if you were playing the Oklahoma State defense, you know immediately that – the windows that you typically throw balls in are going to be smaller. Like you're telling me in a pre, pre-game pre read for you, you're thinking I've got to be better today than I've been better all season long because I'm just not going to have as many opportunities. I would def- – absolutely. And and they, the pressure that they put on the quarterbacks and stuff, I mean, you just can't – you can't sit back there and read for very long. I would almost think if I was calling an offense against them, it would all have to be quicker. It just have to be quicker passes, ones that you can walk up to the line and say, you know what, my best chance is going to be here in three steps. Right. I'm not going to be able to necessarily have a long play and read it. I just need to throw this slant or I need to throw this out Right. real quick would be the best. And then maybe take shots down a little bit later. But um, And you got to take shots to get them backed up a little bit. But I just think everything has to be quick. And you saw – Oh, you tried to let plays develop and stuff like that, and um, you know we made they made an incredible adjustment at halftime. First of all, because the OU did do a good job of really scoring in the first half. Hell, they right. scored more than I thought they were going to score. No question. Um, but the adjustment at halftime was just incredible. They came out, they 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 made a huge adjustment, and then they just completely shut them down. So it was uh, it was awesome. But yeah, you just can't sit back on them and, and expect to to uh, pick them apart because we this year we have that secondary that can hang on and then can cover the entire time. Absolutely. Having uh, a couple of cover corners uh, that aren't scared of, man, uh, scared of man coverage helps here, no doubt. Also, you know, you talk about the discipline aspect and uh, there was a report a few weeks ago and I you know, apologize for not remembering who it was on social media that threw it out there, but the defense is just old, Right, they're very, very old. There's like 13 dudes that are over the age of 20 or 21 and above on this defense. Like four of them are like 23. It is there is a significant difference between 19 year old Josh Fields on the field in Norman uh, in 2001, and uh, same thing with 19 year old Sam Mace, who was an All Conference player as a second team as a sophomore, compared to what we were when you were seniors and you were a junior, like the knowledge almost weaponizes you, right? Allows you to play a more fast, uh, um, you know, all-in physical game than when you were a kid and you're thinking, let me get up to the line of scrimmage. Am I in my right stance? Are my feet lined up correctly? All right, now look at the defense. What am I seeing in front of me? Is this guy where he's supposed to be? Is somebody moved? 
As a senior, I'm walking up to the line of scrimmage, and I'm thinking, all right, cool. The three-tech has moved two and a half inches to my inside. I'm going to tell this tackle that there's a game coming, and I'm going to watch this game develop in front of my face. We're going to pass it off beautifully, and either Josh is going to throw the ball 50 yards for a touchdown, or Tatum Bell is going to take a handoff and take it 50 yards for a touchdown because we saw that blitz coming before. Like, that's the, the knowledge of the game as you get older really adds to your ability to play it at a high level. When I watch that defense play, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a bunch of smart, savvy, well-informed players. And you talk about the halftime adjustments. Josh, tell the people out there, it is not a guarantee that your team can make halftime adjustments based off the personnel. If you've got a, 11 dudes on your defense and none of them are smart or have the ability to process information quickly, it doesn't matter what your coach says to you at halftime. You're not changing a damn thing. Yeah. Clearly, they're able to go into halftime, have some real, focused, dialed-in conversations, take that knowledge they learned in the first half, and implement it in the second. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that, the best way to describe them is they're, they're grown men out there on the field. Um, that's why when we were texting back and forth before the game, you know, I think we both felt good knowing these guys are mature. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the game. Um, and they were able to dial in. So maybe they actually started out in the first half. They might have been a little too amped up, right. you know, going in and then got in at halftime and just kind of, like you said, focused in, dialed in, and made uh, those adjustments. It is hard to actually, yeah, it's easy to go in and the coaches to talk about it. Absolutely. Say, let's do this, let's do this. But to go out and actually execute it, that goes and shows there are mature guys. They've got games under their belt. And the only way to make the game slow down and to be able to read those things like you were talking about, walking up to the line, you know the three techniques here is – is being in games and right. having played games. That's Absolutely. the only way that it slows down. And so those guys being older, they've all got a lot of games under their belts up to this point. Um, they were able to just go out there, slow the game down, uh, make the adjustments that they needed to make, and then you know keep going. But I think also they could rely on they've been consistent and they've done it all season long. And so even you know when you do have a half like they had in the first half, you can go in there – settle down, chill out, and say, you know what, we've done it all season long. Let's just go out. Let's go out and have the second half that we've had all season long, and we'll right. be completely fine. And right. That's what they did. The uh, the ability, I feel like defensive teams are way calmer uh, than offensive teams. You know, like th there's a lot of moving parts offensively that have got to hit home for you to have success, right? Like, And, and it's the same thing on the defensive end, but there's something about – a competent defense that you just believe will travel, that you just believe will show up each and every week. And it might be a slow start, but they're eventually going to get there, right, in a, in a big way. Um, I, I love this this group. But someone asked me the other day if I could choose to start an Oklahoma State team with this year's you know, 2021 defense or Brandon Whedon's 2011 offense. I looked him straight in the face and said the defense. And I'm not a defensive player. And it's just because it, there is a consistency there that you just cannot guarantee – uh, on the offensive end, let's uh, let's take a look at the Oklahoma State offense, though, because I really we can't ignore what Mike Gundy, Casey Dunn, uh, and that group have done this year because it's phenomenal. You mentioned the first two games of the season, and I'm right there with you. You know, hand on my forehead, going, "This is worse than I thought it was going to be." Where do they go from here? And then you watch this Boise State game, and it's like, okay, Mike, and you dug down in the bag for that one. I don't know that you're going to be able to recreate it. But good on you for getting creative and finding a way to have success. 
And then what happens next is, to me, one of the greatest offensive jobs that Mike Gundy has ever done. Finds a way to stabilize that offensive line. I think a health was a lot to do with that. And here we go with Tim Rattay and Spencer Sanders, who spoke highly of Tim at Big 12 Media Days. We didn't really think much of it after the first two games of the season. But clearly, they have found a way to put Spencer Sanders in the offense. He's always looked like he's been riding the offense to me, fighting the offense to me. He's out there with it, but he's not a part of it. And for the first time in his career at Oklahoma State, I watch him take the field and lead the offense from the inside out. He is, a, he is the heartbeat of that group, and they go as he goes. He has success. The rest of the team has success. And I think you've noticed everybody kind of gravitating towards him as, the, as QB1. How cool is it to watch him have success this season? It's awesome. I mean, just to, to see, I mean, I, I can't even lie and say that after the first couple games, I wasn't a doubter myself. Um, but to see the growth and to see, you know, what he's become. And, I, you know, I've, I have some friends that are OU friends. We're not talking very much OU <laughs> stuff today. But, um, you know, I said the same thing about Caleb Williams. He's you know, incredible. Back in the game. Uh, and then, they, you know, they subbed him out and put Rattler in. My theory is leave the young guy in and let him struggle because it's only going to get him there faster. Right. And you're either going to you're either going to figure it out and you're going to get there faster or – you're never going to get there, and then somebody else is going to come along anyway. So uh, with Spencer, I just think, you know, it's kind of weird because he's been around for a while, and everybody, I think, views him as older like like the defense. But he's not quite, you know, he's not older oh, than no, those he's, guys. Right, absolutely. Um, and you have to get those games under your belt. at quarter. The quarterback position, jumping from high school to college is a jump. And then and some people can make it look a little smoother. Nobody remembers that I threw four picks versus UCLA our right. sophomore year. Right. They remember the OU wins. Um, but what I got out of that game. Was it four? Four picks. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I blocked I, that I tried, out. Yeah. I tried, to, I tried to fight some OSU fans after the game <laughs> as they were talking, talking trash, walking down Hall of Fame. Um, but what I got out of that game you know, it, it shaped the rest of my career at OSU. Right. And so I think Spencer is in that spot now to where he realizes, hey, I was a big recruit coming out. of. He had a huge arm. I remember watching him in high school. And just once you get to that point where you realize, I don't have to make super plays. I've just got to make smart plays and get it to athletes. The crazy thing about him is he's one of those crazy athletes. Absolutely. And that has to be hard in his head. To me, it was different. I didn't ever have to worry about breaking and running 50 yards. Right. You know, I knew that wasn't a part of my game. Mine was, hey, just safely get it to a, a really, really athletic guy and let them do their thing. Right. I think he has done a good job of realizing I don't – when it comes time to getting it to someone else, it doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be flashy. It just has to be safe, and I have to get it there. And then – They've obviously done an incredible job at the end of the season of incorporating his athleticism in, letting him run more, letting him do some things that I didn't see early in the season. Right. You know, which you want when you've got an athletic guy like that, you want to use it, but also you have to trust that he will make smart decisions. Absolutely. And I don't I think that trust was developed about halfway through the season. And then you see here at the end of the season, they've opened it up a lot more, and it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. I have to laugh because I remember watching you, you – first of all, you're tough as nails as a player. 
But I used to be so mad watching you run down the field and thinking that dude's not going to slide. I'm going to kill him when he gets back to the huddle. Like you act like, you know, I know you didn't have to run or really want to a bunch, but good Lord, when you did, you were effective uh, at it and just tough as nails. I think Sanders has got a lot of that demeanor and attitude in him. And I think they've kind of green lighted him to be that guy, you know, fortunately, uh, knocking on all the woods, you know, he's been able to stay healthy this year, and, and uh, I think that's helped him a lot also with his confidence. you got to give a, a huge shout-out here to the to his receiving core also because those – I mean, I didn't know a ton about those guys coming into the season. Like, there were some young athletes that were promising for sure, but it's not like we had a Blackman or a Dez or, a, you know, or Bowman or any of the great woods receivers that we've experienced over the last, you know, 20 years in Oklahoma State football history – and those guys, you want to talk about a group that sacrifices, they sacrifice their bodies in the run game. And when that dude throws the ball in the air, the Oklahoma State receivers know one thing. The other team is not going to get it. Either I'm going to get it or the other team is not going to get it. And they know their quarterback is not – he's not putting balls on a dime. He's putting them in an area. And it's sometimes it's a 50-50 ball, right? Sometimes it is. Oklahoma State receivers go get it. They have been phenomenal supporting their quarterback this season. Oh, I mean, I, absolutely. That's the, I, that goes along with that trust thing, too. You you have to trust the quarterback, but you also have to trust the receivers. And if you can trust them to go up and contest every ball and at least know if they don't come down with it, the other team's not coming down with it. Like you said, it, when you can develop that trust, you can open things up so much further, and it becomes more fun. And I know that the coach, I, I, you can just tell, it looks like the whole staff, even from like the past couple years, at least from – not just the offensive side, the whole staff, they're not coaching with what looks like anxiety or stress. It's right. like, I think they're having more fun this year um, offensively and defensively. If I was coaching defensively, I'd be having a hell of a time. Absolutely. Right it'd, be, it'd be awesome. Um, but I think just that part, and like you said, the lack of stress from ha- not, not having to score 50 points a game is making it funner and, 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 you know, the, the coaching staff, the players are having a lot better time and are playing more relaxed now than I think I've seen them in the past couple of years, um, which is probably why they are where they are right now, being ranked number five and having a really good chance at making the, the playoffs and, and going that route. So it's uh, it's fun. But, yeah, you they've done it, and Coach Gundy's done a good job. Yeah, um, as far from what I can tell, I've never been really critical of him. I know people have on the on the sidelines and stuff, but I see, you know, he is he is by far he's engaged. One hundred percent. He's he's all in. He's he's all in. He's coaching people up when they come off the field, which is you know one. I mean, I always love, and he always has done that. But I mean, it is more of a of, there's a more a passion. You can see it this year. It's visible, one hundred percent. And it hasn't just been just because they've started women and, and they're in the position. It's been a full season thing. It's, it's game a, one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, I'm glad to see that. And and not that he was here. When you have different teams, you got different dynamics. And you have to be him being the head coach. He's got to know the buttons to push. And obviously he knows this year he has to be a little bit more aggressive and in people's faces and coaching them up. And, and, and in other, I've seen him in other coaches' faces right? Um, doing some things. So uh, it's been awesome to see as a former player and as a fan now, to see the whole group as a whole. There's passion there. There's excitement. They're not They're not playing scared. They're not playing stressful right. or anything like that. Like, they're going out and they're just – they're having fun and they're trying to whoop people's, whoop people's butts. Right. I um, 
I had to laugh because, you know, over the years we have seen so many different types of Oklahoma State football, and a, a lot of it's been successful. I mean, Gundy's the winningest coach in school history. He's always winning a bunch of, uh, of games and, uh, and, and having success. This team, to me, just looks about right, right? It just looks – this looks like an Oklahoma State fan base's football team. I laughed and said I wanted writing time put on the uh, scoreboard for the defense. <laughs> like, I want to know how long have they shut this team out. Just throw it up there. I mean, it looks like an Oklahoma State team, right? Feels like an Oklahoma State team. Physical like an Oklahoma State team and brand. And I think when you look at the uh, the transfer running back, Warren, that offensive line, the job they've done this season, you know, that running game is the reason why they're having the success that they are on the offensive end. As good as Sanders has been this year and Timber Tay has been this year and Gundy and Dunn have been calling plays, it comes down to Coach Dickey and what he's been able to do up front, coaching that group up, and they play as well together as any line you're going to find here in this conference and around the country. Uh, absolutely. they. Uh, I think that, that transfer in at, at running back is one of the more uh, – uh, people aren't talking about that. Oh, one. yeah. He's, right. he's been great, and – Hopefully he continues to stay healthy. I know that's been kind of an issue lately, but um, yeah, he he has transformed that. And and you know when you have a good running game, and we had a good running game when we were in college, um, it takes stress off. Absolutely, it takes stress off the quarterback, the pass rush, it, the whole nine yards. Absolutely, yep. it takes stress off the lineman. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you can run, it is it's such a a difference maker. And so having him back there, and he makes smart decisions. Um, he seems like he always makes the right cut. Um, I'm critical of running backs and making their cuts more than I think I am of quarterbacks when I watch football games. So um, I'm watching him, and, and he, he just he plays smart. He does the right thing. Right. And the the thing, you know, you talked about with the wide receivers that I see in the running backs too is that they they are playing for one another. You know, like he's not taking a play off because he's not getting the ball when it's right. a pass play. Oh, he's knocking the hell out of somebody. They are grinding it out. Yep. They're, yeah, they're on someone um, when, you know, and that's the biggest thing. And I have to assume being a coach nowadays, that would be the hardest thing to to try to get that culture in your kids. When Absolutely. They're, they're paying people, you know, and, and some guy's making a million bucks here, you know, as a sophomore in college. Right. This guy's only – he's not – getting paid anything right um i have to assume it's hard to instill that kind of work ethic and pride to go out there and do it but they've been doing it and it it's it's great to see it, it's it fills my heart up being a former absolutely player to know these guys are and i think that's why the fans are so passionate um not just because they're winning this year which is fun and it's fun to be with them if they weren't winning and they're playing the way that they're playing i think people are supporting them the exact same way because it's just a fun it's a fun atmosphere it's a fun team to watch they're going to go out and bust their butt every single game and who doesn't want to get behind that you know mike is uh he's got something special this season and i think he knows it some of the things that he said in his press conference here um this last one that he did i thought were fantastic as far as this team understanding and how he's instilled in them that they're just not good enough to go out and play their asses off and he's 100 percent right like i watched this team take the field and i'm like yeah you know y'all aren't there's no this, – this is the high end, right? You've got to go out there and everybody's got to do their damn job. Everybody's got to play to a fever pitch, and you're going to find a way to beat really anybody on their schedule, right? That's But that's where they have to be each and every game. And I also love what he said. And he sent a message to the administration in Oklahoma State that I wished he would have sent in 2011. If you listen to him, he's talking about how to take advantage of the moment. There's a bunch of free advertisement. Last night – 
you sat down in your house, I sat down here at mine, and we watched the TV with eyeballs the size of half dollars trying to figure out where that Cowboy brand was going to be at, and there it was, smack dab in the middle of the college football landscape at five. And Gundy's out there telling people, look, we need more everything. The facilities are still top ten, which is fantastic, but we have to take this momentum and surge into the future of Oklahoma State football. I love that message from the head coach. And I don't know that he was going to deliver that five years ago if this was the same situation, right? I think he's a different guy than what he was five years ago, and it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is he has changed. He's evolved, um, and I think that, you know, like you said, you're not the same guy you were five years ago. I'm not either. Um, everybody's got different circumstances in their life that kind of takes them to where they are, and I think he's learned a lot. I mean, I, it's a learning experience, and if you have a coach – that isn't learning anymore and is just accepting the paychecks, um, you're going to be in a, a, a big heap of trouble in the next couple of years. Absolutely. So the fact that, yeah, he is putting it out there and he is saying let's let's keep pushing, let's push forward, is, is to me saying he's he's got plans for the future. Now, this is not it. He wants to continue this and keep building this into a, a, a college football powerhouse. Absolutely. Like it has been building to. So – uh, yeah, that makes me feel good as an alum, knowing you got a, a head coach out there that is basically, you know, the the front runner and saying, "Let's promote our college. Let's Absolutely. get out there. Let's let's make everything better because it, you know, like you said, football typically helps everything out as far as the whole college situation everything. goes. It makes right. everything go better. But he understands the fact too of family and and being a cowboy and everything. When you get the facilities at all the other places and those things spike up. It is football's going to get something out of it as well. All right, let's take a look at uh, this weekend's game, the Big 12 Championship at 11 o'clock, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas. The Baylor Bears, round two. I think we've got to give a lot of credit to Dave Aranda uh, for the way that he's come in, won the hearts and minds of his football team, and really kind of took that mindset that Matt Rule had instilled and just kind of kept going with it, right? So I think two years ago we watched Matt Rule take the field with a top-10 Baylor team that we had no earthly idea who these kids were, where they came from, why are you playing football so well, <laughs> and it's just their attitude and demeanor. They will hit your ass in Waco, and I, I've said all season long that it's been fortunate for Oklahoma State to get Baylor early this year versus late, and now here we are the Big 12 championship game seeing the Bears again. Thoughts on, on you know that Baylor team, the offense, and, and kind of where they're at and – uh, where you see this game going? I think it's going to be another. It's going to be a great game. I think it's it, you know you got to figure is the quarterback going to be healthy. I think that that kind of seems to be Baylor's deal. And then also is uh, is the head coach there to stay or is he? Oh yeah. Is he? I didn't even think about that. Is right? he? Uh, is he kind of uh, Lincoln Riley esque right now? So um, that could also play into it a little bit, but. Um, you know that I, I'm excited for it. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I do. I think we go out there and handle business. We should just take take care of business. Absolutely. Our defense, um, like you said, having that defense, knowing consistently we're going to get the same play, and they're going to keep getting better throughout the year. I expect them to be the same, if not better, than they have been. And then the the offense has has continued to progress, and so um, I don't. I hope that we don't have an issue. I don't think we will. Um, I expect them to go out and just handle business, but I do think there are some some factors that, that will play into the game, whether or not that quarterback is healthy and, and kind of the pub around the coach and what's going to be happening with him. You know, I, I think probably my angle with this game is just the 
I have a tremendous amount of respect for Aranda and his football acumen. I think he knows what he is doing. I think he understands how to communicate to his teams and, and talking about making halftime adjustments or adjustments in general. I think Baylor is one of those teams in this league that are able to do those things, right? That's a smart kid school in general. I think they got a bunch of kids on that roster that are very, very capable upstairs mentally. And so I'm kind of trying to figure out, you know, after and it's after an, basically an entire season watching Oklahoma State, you know, post that first loss to the Cowboys, how have they evaluated them since then? And I'm I'm concerned about Baylor's defense, their plan against the Oklahoma State offense. And I was a little concerned going into this game in Norman. I mean, in Stillwater against OU this weekend, or this last weekend, and they found a way to move the ball beautifully. I would say that the Baylor defense, though, a little bit of a different animal. And then when you consider the loss to Iowa State and that being the best defense in this league statistically, you know, or one of the best defense in this league statistically, I've got a little concern that maybe this is a game that we see Sanders and those boys get gummed up a little bit by someone else's defense, you know, by what Aranda's out there doing. Yep. And, I, I mean, that's a legit worry. And I think it goes down to the the fact of, you know, is he – can Spencer take care of the ball? When we struggled early, you know, the offense struggled early, it was not necessarily uh, – everybody's going to get gummed up every once in a while. I mean, you especially if you're going to play a team twice in a season. That's going to be tough. There's, it's going to be very tough. And there's going to be some legit adjustments made on both sides. Um, so it just comes back down to how, ball security. And I know everybody, it seems like it's cliche to say ball security, but it is the – it is huge, and especially when you have the defense that you have, you do not have to go and and take as many chances. Right. You don't, you know, hey, every once in a while, it's okay to have a field position game every once in a while when you've got your defense to rely on. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's you got to take care of the ball. They're going to make adjustments. They're going to they're going to tie you up every once in a while, but making sure that you uh, you know you just you make sure to give your your team the chance, not their team. As uh, you know, obviously AT&T Stadium is is a you know one of the wonders of the athletic world. The place is exceptional. I've been several times. I'm sure you have been too. Uh, thoughts on just you know it's Oklahoma State. It's a Big Twelve championship. It's a semifinal opportunity, and it's all new, right? They, they this is not something that they talk about in Stillwater each and every year like they do down in Norman or in Columbus or Tuscaloosa. All these things weren't on the table you know, publicly until recently. And so do you, I, I truly believe that when you have a team that's got great leadership like Oklahoma State's, these situations shouldn't matter as much, right? The magnitude of the game shouldn't matter as much, but come on now. I mean, there's got to be some kids with some little butterflies in their stomachs, right? I mean, this is a different – this is way more than they knew they were signing up for, and it's incredible. Do you think that just the stage might be a problem for the Cowboys? Uh. I think it's 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 a legit concern to worry about uh, because it is new and it's it's you know we'd be lying if we, Baylor's under the same circumstances right I mean, it, it's, it's right not, so both teams are going into it kind of on a new uh, this is new for both of them um, I think you know, my thought process I go back to how I was thinking about the OU game which is like hey the leadership we have we have men that are leading the team right now. Not only the coaching staff, but you know the players, those fifth-year guys are, are grown men for the most part. And yet there is going to be some excitement early. There is going to be some new things going on. Um, but I think out of any, any guys out there, out of any team out there, this older team, 
um, especially defensively, is going to be able to sh- you know shut that out and say, hey, this is just this is a part one step in the goal that we set at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. Even though even though it might have been a very optimistic goal at the very beginning of the season, it was still the goal at the beginning of the season. And so I think those guys can 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 kind of block out the rest. It may take a quarter. You know, or right. something like that, because it is a—it's an amazing opportunity. Huge game. Yeah, it's something that uh, we we obviously wanted to uh, to experience ourselves. And Stupid we, you Vince know, Young. Yeah, the you know the Cotton Bowl was as good as it got at right. that point. But um, yeah, so it, it is going to be new. It's going to be exciting. They need to be able to feel it and not completely keep it out because they're going to play off of that. Right. Excitement. The emotion, the energy. Yeah. Sure. But uh, I think that they will be able to make those those grown men adjustments uh, and block that stuff out quicker than maybe than probably Baylor would or or someone else. I think the crowd is probably two to one in favor of Oklahoma State and in that stadium. I think the Cowboys find a way to win this game. And I think they win it in a relatively uh, convincing manner. That doesn't necessarily mean in today's Big 12 that the score is going to be outrageous. But I do think that defense absolutely clamps down on Baylor's offense and just refuses to let go for four quarters. I'm somewhere, you know, in that 24 uh, 3, 24-7, 24-10 uh, scenario. And I think that's enough to put on a display for the college football playoff committee to get them in. I believe that Oklahoma State controls their destiny. I believe that with a win against a top 10 Baylor team, they will get in. If you look at the national talking heads right now, though, that's not necessarily the case, and it makes me want to throw things through the window, <laughs> right? That, so Oklahoma State's in the mix for a semifinal game, and now we want to talk about group of five teams and what they've done to get themselves in. I think Luke Fickle is an incredible coach. I think he should be the next coach in Norman. I think he is unbelievable and has done a great job this year. But you and I know, right, about week seven or so, when we're walking our asses out of that stadium and looking at each other, how our bodies felt after the Big 12 grind. Those kids in Cincinnati are not doing the same thing that Oklahoma State has done all season long. And I don't want to be disrespectful because they are undefeated, and that's hard as hell to do. There's no doubt. But these two things aren't the same. Cincinnati's conference, the Big 12 conference, they're not the same. I really, truly believe the Cowboys should get in based off of what they do this weekend. Curious, what do you think, man? Do they win and get in? I don't. I think there will be a uh, – if they do not, there will be some a mass – there's going to be a lot of people pissed off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I just don't see how you can justify that at all. I mean, you know, we're playing number – what is it? What Baylor go up nine. to this week? Number nine Baylor in the Big 12 championship. They're playing number 24 Houston. Houston right. Um, and Houston's done a good job. And they're going to both be good additions to the Big 12 eventually, you know, and stuff. But uh, you are right. These two things are not the same. And, and, to, and to finish beating OU and then beating a number nine Baylor to head into it has to put a stamp in that says, that here, here's our resume. This should be good enough. Um, as opposed to, yeah, the Cincinnati. And then they've done a good job. I've enjoyed watching them play. Um, every time I've I've watched them play, but um, yeah, they're not. It's not game in, game out. You're not you're not walking away with bruises. You don't have your tailback necessarily playing uh, gingerly, right? And, you know, and not he was ginger going into the OU game, uh, and then you got to play against OU. So um, it is not the same, and so I think that'll be taken into consideration. And I think that um, even though as much as the NCAA disappoints 
OSU people and fans. Good lord! Um, I think Ain't that the. Ugh. I think I think I just don't think in this case that there's any other way to to call it. I think that they, you know, I think at this point, you know, we win on Saturday. That's the that's the nail in the head right there of saying like, like this is this is it. And I think that they make a a very good educated decision on that. Give me your score. I got twenty eight twelve. Twenty eight twelve, Oklahoma State. Yes, but I also didn't think that OU would score as many points last right. week either. So look, the Williams kid. I've uh, I've covered a lot of incredible athletes over the last you know fifteen years that I've been in the media. Um, so I played with some incredible athletes. I played against some incredible athletes. We, you, I mean, you know, we know what that looks like. Uh, the only guy I can compare Caleb Williams to is Vince Young. It's the only, he's the only guy. Like he, I I watched that kid play, and I remember being on the sidelines, standing next to you and the rest of the offensive linemen, watching Vince Young work and just feeling hopeless. Like no matter what we accomplish next, he's gonna just do better, right? And I think when I watched him play this season, that's the vibe that I get. That's the feel that I get. Uh, from him, he's an incredible football player, and he's got a bright future ahead of him. There's no doubt about that. That kid is special. Yeah. So I think that if Rattler starts that game for the Sooners, it's probably a 45 to 10 type of situation. And the 10 are coming late in the game when you know the Oklahoma State starters are celebrating. Like yeah. I just, I think they would have choked them out early in that game if it wasn't for Caleb Williams. So uh, if if they're watching that tape, and it really is a disadvantage to Baylor, I, I swear to you, it is because if they're watching that tape and they're thinking we can do what OU did offensively, and Bohannon's the same thing as Caleb Williams, they're wrong. He's not the same, and they can't do what Oklahoma did. And so I think you take that one game and look at Caleb Williams and give him the respect as one of the nation's top young quarterbacks and what could be an absolute superstar in this league one day uh, and move past it because they're, Baylor's just not going to have that type of offensive success. No, they're not. And, and that's a, Vince Young is a very good comparison, but I almost think it's Vince Young with a – a smoother, better arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100% the better passer, yes. Yeah, I mean, he – I mean, on the run and just throwing bazookas out there. (laughs) Right, uh, just unbelievable. Bodies all contorted. I'm like, how are you accurately doing that? The kid is a freak. Yeah, running running right, throwing a bullet left, um, all kinds of stuff. And he's going to – you know, he's just – he's going to get better. And he's going to get – he's going to realize he doesn't have to do some of those crazy things that he's done – you know, even though it, it has saved him up to this point, it's going right. to get to the point where he realized I don't have to do that for us to win. And when he gets there, it's going to be it's going to be special because he is an incredible athlete and talent. Well, lucky for us, looks like he might not be here much longer <laughs> in the great state of Oklahoma. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Josh, thank you so much for your time, my friend. You were fantastic. Uh, we had to get this Oklahoma State edition in of the Sam Mays podcast this week as uh, big things happening in Stillwater, and I know you're looking forward to it, and so am I. Absolutely. Do I get to add anything here at the end? It, whatever you would like. I'd like to add something that's really pissing me off right now. Okay. I would. So you get to read social media, and there's a lot of stuff going on with OU right now. Right. But I think nobody's taken into consideration – OU played quite possibly, I would say, they played their best game on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And we did not play our best game. 100%. And we won. Yep. Nobody's talking about that, and that kind of makes me a little bit mad. Um, just because we've, I mean, they've had a good season. We know that, and we're, I'm glad that OSU is where they are. But I think at some point you have to really have self-evaluate and go, it doesn't matter if Lincoln Riley had his foot out the door or not. Right. It, that, that, oh, no, that didn't impact that football game. 
Not one bit. Right. Actually, OU looked like they were ready to play more on Saturday than I think in any other game. I agree. So that's one thing I'm a little upset about. I wish I every once in a while, you know what, we've had to give OU their props so many years. Absolutely. That it's time to kind of look back and say, you know what, OSU played freaking good. And OU played good. Right. OSU was actually better. It, refs take them out. Right. They, they, made, they made some bad calls on both sides. I didn't think it was too awfully bad. I mean, did did OU score in the second half if it wasn't for special teams malfunctions? They did not. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just that says a lot right there. That's yeah. a Lincoln Riley coached offense. I know they've had some struggles this year, but you're right. That's a good football team. They showed up ready to play their rival. There's no doubt. It is frustrating that Oklahoma State not getting the credit that they deserve for that performance. And it's just been overshadowed by so much. Right. Uh, there's no doubt. But the Cowboys get a chance to prove themselves again this weekend. They'll find a way. That's right. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll move the shadow out of the way and get into the, uh, the playoffs, and we'll be all good from there. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> Unbelievable season. Josh Fields from Oklahoma State, great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam.